to and denying the human condition at the same time. The contradiction is explosive. For that matter, it does explode, you know as well as I do. And we are living at the moment when the match is put to the fuse. When the rising birth rate brings wider famine in its wake, when these newcomers have life to fear rather more than death, the torrent of violence sweeps away all barriers. In Algeria and Angola, Europeans are massacred at sight. It is the moment of the boomerang. It is the third phase of violence. It comes back on us. It strikes us. And we do not realize any more than we did the other times that it's we that have launched it. Liberals are stupefied. They admit that we were not polite enough to the natives, that it would have been wiser and fairer to allow them certain rights insofar as it was possible. They ask nothing better than to admit them in batches and without sponsors to that very exclusive club, our species. And now this barbarous mad outburst doesn't spare them any more than the bad settlers. The left is at home embarrassed. They know the true situation of the natives, the merciless oppression they are submitted to. They do not condemn their revolt, knowing full well that we have done everything to provoke it. But, all the same, they think to themselves, there are limits. These guerrillas should be bent on showing that they are chivalrous. That would be the best way of showing they are men. Sometimes the left scolds them. You're going too far. We won't support you anymore. The natives don't give a damn about their support. For all the good it does them, they might as well stuff it up their backsides. Once their war began, they saw this hard truth, that every single one of us has made his bit, has got something out of them. They don't need to call anyone to witness. They'll grant favored treatment to no one. I thought it was appropriate to read that portion of Sartre's preface to The Wretched of the Earth by Franz Fanon, because I think we are in the midst of something very similar. The idea that people, in particular black Americans, are suffering incessant, systematic murder, abuse, torture, degradation. And people are lashing out, not violently. The violence up to this point has been completely one-sided. But lashing out, whether you want to call them riots or uprisings, whatever. And just the way uh, he describes the liberals being stupefied. Oh, yeah, you know, of course uh, they've got it bad, but, I mean, I can't believe what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> it's like, if you don't protest or demonstrate or lash out against the system in a way that suits the sensibilities of white liberalism, uh, they condemn you just as much as they'll condemn any fascist. And the idea of the left being at home embarrassed, fully understanding 
yeah, the system totally fucked these people over. Here's what's going on. I mean, they, they're totally <laughs> right in what they're doing. Um, they should be lashing out against the system. But at the same time, you'll see other... I mean, you'll see leftists, I mean, popular pop culture leftists on YouTube. Oh, they're going too far. Oh, I wouldn't burn down a fucking TGI Fridays. <laughs> so, and, and the thing is, like, I love the point that Sartre makes. It's just, they don't give a fuck what you think. And they shouldn't. Why would they give a fuck what a comfortable white liberal or a comfortable white leftist or whoever thinks? And this is a war, as far as many of us are concerned, that's lifelong. And the concept of the moment of the boomerang to me is that's what we're in right now or we will be in soon. I mean, it's the idea that you can only inflict pain and suffering and degradation uh, dehumanization on people for so long before that boomerang comes back and the violence is inflicted upon you, upon your comfortable society and your comfortable sensibilities. And I mean, are we going to be surprised when it starts to get violent on both ends? Because right now, like I said, it's, it is violent on one side. The right wing consistently engages in violent acts against human life driving cars into crowds, shooting people, which is the most recent example that I'll get to. How long are people going to take that? Especially because a part of the right wing is state-sanctioned. It's fucking cops. These cops... I mean, the FBI admitted a long time ago that white nationalist, neo-Nazi, fascist, fucking white supremacist groups have infiltrated police forces across the country. And it was sort of like, a, well, it's happening. There you go. Have a nice day. Nothing ever fucking came of it. So we know that these motherfuckers are in these police forces. We know that they are sympathetic to Proud Boys, to Patriot Front, to uh, all these militia groups, Three Percenters, etc. Boogaloo's, I guess, are the exception because I guess they don't like cops necessarily, but they're still a part of that fucked up circus. So are we going to be surprised when the boomerang comes? <laughs> when that moment hits our country... And people begin taking to the streets armed with whatever, and uh, it, it actually becomes a, a civil war situation. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised. How much longer can you abuse people, torture people, kill people without that righteous fury bursting, as Sartre says, the, the match being put to the fuse? So that sort of brings me to... Jacob Blake, um, 29 years old, shot seven times in the back and paralyzed uh, while his kids watched in the vehicle. And that he, he walked away from the police officers trying to get into his car. Um, they fucking shot him seven times while his kids watched and he's, he's paralyzed. And there's a lot of righteous fury. There's a lot of people protesting and, and there are people engaged in like what you call them uprisings. I, that's what I call them, but you can call them riots, whatever. I don't think there should be this negative connotation with riots. Um, I mean, the whole right wing argument, you, you'll, you can see it. Oh, there's warrants out for his arrest. Like is, is though that makes it okay to fucking kill or paralyze somebody. To permanently alter someone's life through violence. Oh, uh, he's, he's got this stuff on his record. Oh, he's got a couple warrants out for his arrest. Oh, yeah, they fucking killed him. <laughs> it, 
It's fucking lunacy. Um, it's just... And the idea that he had three sons sitting in the vehicle that just watched their dad get fucking paralyzed via gunshot by this fucking pig in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And, uh, like I said, I mean, it's even, it's, it's, it's this, this righteous fury is taking many forms. Um, protests, uh, inflicting, I, you could say violence on businesses, buildings, whatever, not real violence that would impact human life physically. Um, but also wildcat strikes. The other day, um, if I'm not mistaken, led by the Milwaukee Bucks, um, the NBA, uh, the team said, fuck that, we're not playing. It's a wildcat strike. They're calling it a boycott, but it's a wildcat strike. The players are workers. They said, we are not playing. Fuck this. And it's, it's, it's funny that like rather than call it a, what it is, a wildcat strike, the news outlets and everything are, are calling it a boycott. Oh, they're boycotting the game. A boycott is when a consumer doesn't purchase something. You can boycott Pepsi or you can boycott Walmart. You can boycott Amazon. <laughs> what the NBA players and the MLB players um, did was a wildcat strike. That, which is fucking, regardless of whether or not the media wants to call it that, that's impressive. And that's exciting. And that's good. And it shows that there's power in that. You stop the gears from turning. And um, that it, it's, it's just powerful stuff. Now, the unfortunate portion of this whole thing is uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, who is a 17-year-old domestic terrorist with a fucking assault rifle, not even from Kenosha, Wisconsin, who... Sh- <laughs> He fucking murdered two people and, and maimed another. Um, the cops gave him water, let him walk around, and there's even reports of cops uh, pushing or trying to uh, nudge protesters into the presence of these fucking right-wing militia psychos because they. Uh, one of the quotes that I've read, the cops said, oh, they can handle it. These fucking Nazis with, with firearms... The, 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 I'm telling you, the pigs work in tandem with these motherfuckers. There's just no denying that. This kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, 17 years old, not even from there, gets driven there, from what I've read, from his mom. Uh, somehow he's 17 years old and has a fucking assault rifle. Uh, I, and again, giving, uh, being given the royal treatment from the police. Oh yeah, you know, give him some water. A Capri Sun, <laughs> send him on his way. He was, listen, listen, he was charged with fucking uh, first degree intentional homicide. And he was considered on the run because they just like let him go. <laughs> he wasn't even arrested. They will fucking shoot people who are unarmed. They will fucking shoot people in front of their kids. They will fucking choke hold and tase and abuse and beat the fuck out of you on your own property. You can, there's a video of this bastard fuck Nazi asshole police officer kicking the shit out of a woman on her own porch that, that recently came out like a week ago that I just saw. It's just infuriating. They will do that to those people. This little fuck murders two people, maims another person, and these pigs let him waltz on by. He's one of us. Hell yeah. Good for him. That's what they're thinking. 
That's what they're fucking thinking. And you know what the real psychotic thing is? Is that there's this idea that either both sides are bad or that the left, they're the real bad guys and this kid was defending himself. Even fucking Tucker Carlson, it's not even surprising, he's defending this fucking domestic terrorist Nazi fuck. Joy, really surprised that looting and arson accelerated to murder. How shocked are we that 17-year-olds with rifles decided they had to maintain order when no one else would? This Blue Lives Matter-ass kid who posts pro-cop shit on his social media. You know, if the left was as violent as the right, that little fucker would be taking a dirt nap right now. Okay? Nobody fucking shot Kyle Rittenhouse. That kid's alive. That kid's fine. That kid was given the royal treatment from fucking cops. Where's this violent left that I'm hearing about? Where are these violent Antifa people <laughs> that are, that are, that are uh, like, I'm telling you, I can't fucking, it's intolerable. When I'm on Twitter trying to promote this podcast, there are people who will say like, oh, they're the left, these murderous Antifa Black Lives Matter protesters, they're murdering people and they're chasing people out of their homes and they're doing this, this and that. It's a fucking fantasy world. Like, it is... How can you argue with people who aren't even existing in the fucking realm of reality? It's like... It's just fucking insane. Um, and it's just like, all the while, you have fucking Nazi assholes driving cars through crowds. Fucking people getting murdered by a, a motherfucker with an assault rifle. And I mean, there's that footage from a, a while ago, maybe a few years ago, of um, a different protest. It wasn't Unite the Right, but it was like that, where there was people clashing with fucking Klansmen assholes. And there's this old biker guy who just fucking opens fire, just pulls out his gun and just opens fire on fucking protesters. And there's just cops, like, standing there. They don't do a fucking thing. It's all one-sided, okay? The minute leftists or black folks or brown folks start showing up with weapons and doing that shit, there will be a massacre. It would be like fucking Wounded Knee. They would fucking send in the military. They'd have the cops out there. They'd be drone bombing people. But if it's a fucking Confederate flag wearing asshole, if it's a Blue Lives Matter son of a bitch, if it's a fucking pig sympathizer, they don't give a shit. Some neo-Nazi can go do whatever the fuck they want, and these pigs are going to be just fine with it because that's, that's their team. That's their fucking team. So this little asshole, Kyle Rittenhouse, first degree intentional homicide. Um, like I said, he's a Blue Lives Matter supporter. He's a cop admirer. He posted on his social media. He got fucking Tucker Carlson saying that he was keeping order. <laughs> like, it's unfucking real it, It's just the, the, the degree to which they will justify domestic terrorism. They will, if you fucking set fire to a Chuck E. Cheese franchise <laughs> and nobody gets hurt, they'll call you a terrorist and they'll call you all sorts of fucking names. If you murder two people um, or if you drive a car through a fucking crowd, you're a freedom fighter. You're a hero. You're, you're trying to maintain order. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's unreal. Um, and it's, it's disappointing. It's scary. All I can say is that the left really needs to start protecting itself and protecting each other, um, getting armed, getting trained, um, first aid, we need medic training, all that shit. It's getting real. Like, you know, that used to be hyperbole. That used to be like something you'd be, you'd be called out as some kind of fucking maniac. If you were to say that stuff in like a DSA meeting or an IWW meeting or whatever, 
um, any kind of leftist group. It's like, hey, we better start uh, getting armed and start um, learning how to be, become medics and learning how to do self-defense measures and all this shit because these neo-Nazis are fucking killing us. You'd be like, I, I mean, yeah, it's few and far between, but no. Like, we're at, in my view, Civil War status shit right now um, because these motherfuckers aren't going away. They're, they're not. I mean, even... And that's the whole the whole liberal dream is that, oh, once Trump's out, all this shit will be fine. Everybody's going to be... You know, we'll be back to Obama years, which the Obama years sucked for a fucking lot of us. Um, but the liberals think, oh, as soon as Trump's gone, all this shit's gone. No. Trump's supporters, the people who have been empowered by him, are here to stay. These motherfuckers are going to be here forever. Um, these QAnon fucks... I mean, I've, I've just gotten into a few arguments recently with these fucking psychotic QAnon motherfuckers. And, I mean, they really think it's just all George Soros. And I'm asking them. I'm in good faith. I'm like, hey, why do you think it's George Soros uh, and not just the corporate class as a whole? That, like, the, the, the wealthy, these uh, transnational corporations, like, why don't you think that these institutions and these people are just at the helm of everything anyway? It's that it's this one guy. Of course, they won't admit that it's because George Soros is Jewish, and so they are just carrying on the fucking tradition of, oh, the Rothschilds and all that shit, and the David Icke shit of calling people, calling them lizard people, but we know what the fuck he means. It's a network, uh, deep, deep in the secret society web, at the center of it, where it's beyond Freemasons, it's beyond Knights of Malta, it's beyond all the secret societies that we can see, although that spider plays out through them. I mean, they can't take that extra step, and it's, it, I mean, they're not going away. It's like a religion. The, the evidence is so strongly opposed to their views, and they don't give a shit. And that's, I mean, it, I'll, I'll get into uh, talking about fascism later, but I mean, that's, just not even your having your political, social, economic, philosophical, like your ideology, if it exists outside of the realm of your senses, outside of what you can see, hear, touch, feel, what you can fucking what's going on around you. I mean, and I think this all has to do with the fact that there's no class analysis in the United States. It's been totally obliterated. So since there is no sort of like Marxist explanation for why everything's going on, who's benefiting from this system, who's getting exploited, um, you know, uh, how some lives are held to in higher esteem than others, some people are considered uh, disposable, that doesn't exist, that sort of scientific explanation of like how the shit's going, how, how it's working, since that's, there's this void, it's just filled by fucking conspiracy theories. It's just this lizard people under the Denver airport and the fucking Rothschilds and the Bilderbergs. And like, it's like, because, because the truth has been stamped out and obliterated and kept from everybody, um, that void is filled with conspiracy. And these QAnon fucks, I'm telling you, they are not kidding around. Like, they, they really believe in this fucking Pizzagate, George Soros shit, and they will hurt people. For their cause. They will. They'll probably kill people. I mean, it's... <laughs> so, it's just this perfect witch's cauldron of fucking bullshit. Just blue lives matter. Pro-cop bullshit. The Republican Party. Fucking QAnon and other conspiracy theorists. 
and then you have actually like actual organized militant right wing groups like Patriot Front and the Three Percenters and fucking Lightfoots and Boogaloo's to some extent. I mean, but Boogaloo's to me are just dudes that they just want a license to kill. Like they they really just want to be engaged in chaos. They don't give a fuck. I mean, they're like what ANCAPs? Like they, <laughs> which to me is like the most ridiculous, fucked up, like, political ideology out there right now, these anarcho-capitalists, as though capitalism is consistent with the philosophical views of anarchism at all. Um, just chaos for chaos, the sake of chaos. Um, anyway, so, speaking of chaos, <laughs> the DNC, um, I, I watched s- slight portions of it, and it was, like I said in a different episode, it, it's just, you can... You can guess. It's like you should have like a bingo card of the platitudes and bullshit that you're going to hear <laughs> during this fucking thing. So I didn't pay too much attention to it just because I knew what they were going to do. The RNC, on the other hand, was a fucking circus. I watched several people uh, give speeches at the RNC. One of them, um, Maximo Alvarez, he is the founder of Sunshine Gasoline. He is an anti-Castro Cuban immigrant. Um, I think he moved here when he was like 13. Just a fucking typical rich asshole Guzano who had his, uh, his daddy's plantation <laughs> taken after the Cuban Revolution, which is what all these motherfuckers are. Like when you look into the, the history of the Cuban Revolution, the people who are in the United States that are anti-Castro Cubans it's because they're fucking their parents or their grandparents or whoever had slaves. <laughs> and after the fucking revolution, um, daddy's plantation is gone. That's who these motherfuckers are. The funniest thing about Alvarez is <laughs> he compared Joe Biden to Fidel Castro. <laughs> He's like, I've seen these ideas before. I've heard these promises before. I've seen movements like this before. I've seen ideas like this before. And I am here to tell you. We cannot let them take over our country. All this shit. As though Joe Biden is saying anything remotely fucking close to Castro. And it's, the tragedy is, I wish Joe Biden was like Castro. I wish he was promising uh, the, the programs and the, the liberation movement that Castro promoted. He's not. Joe Biden is a Democrat in name only. He's a fucking, I mean, Joe Biden's a Republican. I mean, if you look in look into his history as a politician and his current politics, that motherfucker's right wing. This it, it, and it's so funny because one of the critiques against Bernie was, "Oh, you're you're too far to the left. Uh, they're just going to call you a Marxist and a communist and all this shit, so you wouldn't make a good candidate for this election." <laughs> the funny fucking thing is, is that Joe Biden is, he might have been the most right, right wing uh, candidate in the Democratic primary. And they are still calling him a Marxist, a communist, a socialist, all that shit. Kamala Harris is a fucking cop. And I was just reading today, somebody said, some right wing commentator said that Biden, uh, the Biden Harris ticket is the most anti cop ticket in American history. It's just comical. Like, again, it goes back to the whole fucking fantasy world that these people live in. It's just not real. Kamala Harris kept people in prison so that they could be used as cheap prison labor, even though their time was up. They had served their time. Kamala Harris fucking arrested people for using marijuana, 
and then she goes and laughs about, oh, yeah, I, I uh, smoke pot. I'm Jamaican. Also, and I know the answer to this, too. They say you oppose legalizing weed. That's not true. I know. <laughs> and, and, and look, I joke about it, half joking. I have my family's from Jamaica. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and like her dad, like I, it might have been an op-ed or a letter or something where he was like, yeah, my ancestors are rolling in their graves right now because my uh, asshole daughter is playing into these um, these stereotypes and tropes pertaining to uh, Jamaicans being these laid back pot smokers or whatever. So even her dad is like, fuck you. It's like, she's just, and even, um, like the way she gave that one speech, I can't remember where it was, but just her cackle and her face, like smiling the entire time talking about, um, overcrowding in prisons, which essentially said that overcrowded prisons violate the eighth amendment of the constitution of the United States. So this, as you can imagine, presented a crisis in California. And the way the discussion often played out was, oh, bleep, what are we going to (laughs) do? We got all these bleep bleeps in the... (laughs) We got it. Like, it is just fucking creepy. But the fact that these right-wing psychopathic commentators are, like, saying things... um, like Joe Biden's a socialist or he's a Marxist and uh, the Biden-Harris ticket is the the most anti-cop ticket ever. It's it's just fucking insane, man, because Biden is already, um, he's already said he wants to arrest protesters. He's already said that he, um, I think he's even mentioned Antifa. Like he's, he's, God, he's just as fucking bad in a lot of ways as Trump. I mean, I can't say he's uh, completely just as bad, but I'm telling you, like, the, the idea that he's, like, some fucking champion of the left is just insane, but that's the whole fantasy world of the Republican Party. So, Maximo Alvarez, when he was on there, like, saying, <laughs> when he was saying that uh, the promises that Joe Biden is in, in of Joe Biden and the, the politics of Joe Biden are just like what he saw in Cuba under Castro or uh, during the revolution or whatever, it's like... If you have any sort of uh, consciousness, <laughs> if you have any, if you have a, if you are coherent, um, it's just insane. Or if you have any sort of knowledge of uh, of world history, it's it's just hard to even talk about because of how insane it is. Like you cannot even keep up. Like as you're watching the RNC, you can't even keep up with how fucking insane these people are. It's like. It's like they're an, it's another planet, and I'll kind of explain that uh, in a bit. At least what I think is going on. But the other <laughs> the other uh, hilarious bit that I saw of the RNC was uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle um, <laughs> uh, referring to herself as a first generation American. As a first generation American, I know how dangerous their socialist agenda is. Um, citing the fact that her mom is Puerto Rican. The funniest thing is that people born in Puerto Rico are U.S. citizens. <laughs> like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think uh, Puerto Rico should have autonomy. I, I mean, it, obviously, it should be put up to a vote to them, like whether they want to remain a colony of the United States or not. But they don't have the rights of states. They are not considered full-fledged Americans, at least in the, um, I guess, common consciousness sense of, of Americans. 
Um, I don't think the average American looks at the folks who live in Puerto Rico as, oh, yeah, that's as, they're as American as anybody who lives in fucking Wisconsin or Texas or wherever. Um, or do Puerto Ricans want to be seen as, <laughs> as American as people who live in Wisconsin or Texas or wherever? Um, who knows? Uh, I have a feeling after how um, horribly the U.S. government handled all the shit that happened to Puerto Rico in, in recent years, I have a feeling that a lot of Puerto Rican folks would just tell the United States to get fucked. <laughs> get Uncle Sam the fuck out of here. Want to do our own thing. Um, you know, and it's, like I said, it's a colony. Um, at least in my view. So the fact that Guilfoyle <laughs> called herself a first-generation American, um, a lot of um, Puerto Rican folks took to social media and <laughs> called her the fuck out. Um, so that's funny as shit. However, the, the really funny thing about her speech was how completely incoherent and just insane it was. Just It lacked any any sort of, like, coherent message. This election is a battle for the soul of America. Your choice is clear. Do you support the cancel culture, the cosmopolitan elites of Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden, who blame America first? Do you think America is to blame? Or do you believe in American greatness? Believe in yourself, in President Trump, in individual and personal responsibility. Um, here's what programs we're endorsing. Here's what we need to do. Here's our platform. Here's what I believe. It really was just scaremongering, insanity, bullshit. Like, just like, the Democrats are, they're going to do this. They want to destroy the country. They want to destroy our freedom. They want to destroy what you can say and do. It, it, it's fucking... It's, it's, I keep saying the word insane because it's like my brain just freezes when I think about these motherfuckers. It's just, like, it's how, like, it, it really goes back to what Wilhelm Reich talked about in The Mass Psychology of Fascism, which is a book I brought up time and time again on this podcast. But it's the fucking truth. The thing about fascism, and I really was skeptical of calling the Republicans fascists or calling Trump a fascist for a long time because I thought that's ah, just an easy jab. These motherfuckers are fascist. <laughs> like, like Guilfoyle's speech at the RNC is a perfect example of the way that Reich describes it as avoiding pertinent arguments at all costs. How and actually here I'll I'll read this this portion. It's a tiny bit. Um, I have a book right here. So yeah, it's, it's really early. If you have the book or if you're interested in the book, it's chapter two, uh, The Authoritarian Ideology of the Family in the Mass Psychology of Fascism. So he says, let me see. I'll just read the whole thing. Um, these two paragraphs. Uh, the first chunk is fear and mass structure. If at some future date, the history of social processes would allow the reactionary historian time to indulge in speculations on Germany's past, he would be sure to perceive in Hitler's success in the years between 1928 and 1933 the proof that a great man makes history only inasmuch as he inflames the masses with his idea. In fact, National Socialist propaganda was built upon this Führer ideology. To the same limited extent to which the propagandists of National Socialism understood the mechanics of their success, they were able to comprehend the historical basis of the National Socialist movement. This is well illustrated in an article published at the time entitled Christianity and National Socialism, written by the National Socialist Wilhelm Staple. He stated, 
For the very reason that National Socialism is an elementary movement, it cannot be gotten at with arguments. Arguments would be effective only if the movement had gained its power by argumentation. In keeping with this peculiarity, the rally speeches of the National Socialists were very conspicuous for their skillful, skillfulness in operating open, uh, uh, operating upon the emotions of the individuals in the masses and of avoiding relevant arguments as much as possible. In various passages in his book Mein Kampf, Hitler stresses that true mass psychological tactics dispense with argumentation and keep the masses' attention fixed on that the great final goal at all times. What the final goal looked like after the seizure of power can easily be shown by Italian fascism. Anyway, <laughs> the idea, that, that part right there, um, Wilhelm Stable, he was a Nazi himself, um, for the very reason that National Socialism is an elementary movement, it cannot be gotten at with arguments. Arguments would be effective only if the movement had gained its power by argumentation. Avoiding relevant arguments as much as possible was the tactic. That's exactly what we're seeing with the Republican Party and conservatives in general. Avoid the pertinent arguments. Just use emotion. Rile up the masses. Uh, use just the basic human traits, uh, fear, hope, um, anger, frustration, humor. It, it's the whole, it's like a fucking circus. It's a carnival barker situation that Trump is running. He is like P.T. Barnum. It's, the idea is you cannot get at the right wing with argument. You just can't. And that's like what I've been talking about, these QAnon people, the, the conspiracy types, and these motherfuckers who are Nazis and these cop-loving bastards. I mean, they did not reach the conclusions uh, that they have at the, at the current time through a process of analysis and argumentation. They did not sit down and say, well, here's what this person says and here's what that person says. They, it seriously is just this emotional, almost instinctual, uh, it just, it, it propels them into fascism. And that's Guilfoyle's uh, speech at the RNC was exactly that. I mean, when I was watching it, I thought, holy shit, that's exactly what Wilhelm Reich was talking about. And I think that's a really important step that the left needs to take in our, I guess, analysis of the right and how we're going to handle the right wing and the fascists. They aren't going to be tamed with argument. They're not interested in real argumentation, which is really what is so humorous about people like Jordan Peterson or people like Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin and all these motherfuckers. They act like they're wordsmiths or that they've got all these intelligent perspectives and they are willing to argue and debate anybody. Well, the funniest thing is, is that Jordan Peterson in particular, uh, who is, from what I understand, um, he's only got one functional lobe left or something like that because of some experimental coma he was put in to get off of uh, benzos in Russia. Um, not to make fun of anybody going through addiction withdrawals or anything, but it's just funny that Mr. Clean Up Your Room and all that shit is uh, a fucking addict loser. Anyway, <laughs> the, the thing is, is that those motherfuckers act like there's... Um, I guess like a, uh, an actual philosophical argument to be made on behalf of the right wing's views. There isn't. I mean, Jordan Peterson's a prime example. He's kind of a charlatan. Um, Dave Rubin is, he's like a fucking, 
he's like a huckster. <laughs> he's he's just like I think he just latched onto that truck because he thought that's where that that's where all the YouTube views were gonna go. He really is like a grifter. But and Ben Shapiro's like whole philosophy is based in just religious fundamentalism. I mean that's his whole <laughs> that's his whole thing. Um, they don't give a shit about actual arguments about what's going on. Or I mean you know try to go debate any any of them or anybody. Uh, about global warming. Um, like, they are just as big a fucking conspiracy theorist as any QAnon motherfucker because they don't believe in global warming. I mean, I'm not sure about Jordan Peterson, but I know for a fact I, that fucking Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro don't. Um, for whatever reason. But at the same time, that's what makes the points uh, in, in mass psychology of fascism so important to the left today. The right does not care about actual arguments. It has no interest in them. It is all about emotion. It is about the carnival barker figure, uh, the politician. It is theater pretending to be politics. It is this, it is like the, um, <laughs> the 21st century fascism, I guess 20th century fascism as well, playing on insecurities, uh, playing on even, I mean, Wilhelm Reich uses the argument that it's all sort of Freudian, that people who become fascists are people who really long for the authority of the father figure, the boot on their throat. They love it. But it's also this idea of totally ignoring facts while simultaneously always pushing this idea that there's some grand goal at the end of things, that the, the ends will justify the means. And that's, I mean, that is like Trump. Trump has really changed the Republican Party because, I mean, at least the Republican Party used to bullshit as though it had, like, values. Now it is just, let's get power for the sake of having power. Doesn't matter by what means we get power. Doesn't matter who we deceive along the way. It is just like, it's a carnival show. It is, it's a circus pretending to be politics. Like, that's what fascism is. It's what it always has been, but it's become even more apparent with this fucking orange buffoon... <laughs> like, think about it. A game show host, a failed businessman who got all that he's ever gotten from his family's wealth, his, his fucked up dad's wealth, the riches that he's inherited. He's like destroyed businesses and he's a clown. A fucking clown game show host, failed businessman asshole is the president of the United States. His party is... <laughs> The perfect vehicle for his lunacy, um, for his, his the show he's trying to put on. It, it is like, it, it really is, uh, like I said, theater masquerading as politics. And really, <laughs> that's where we're at right now. Um, because as these protests continue... Um, as this virus continues, as we, we are seeing devastating hurricanes as well, hitting the Gulf, all of this, this perfect storm of just awful things happening to people. It's going to be very interesting to see what the left does, because at the moment, there's still this idea as though we are, um, <laughs> like on even ground, uh, as though that, like we, that we should be debating the right, that we, that we should be engaging in, um, good faith arguments with with people with whom we disagree and 
It really is like no. It, it's like it's. I mean, for. I mean, and, and I guess the funniest thing is that Trump like flat out has embraced uh, the QAnon shit. Pandemic, uh, the QAnon movement has been appears to be gaining a lot of followers. Can you talk about what you think about that and what you have to say to? people who are following this movement right now? Well, I don't know much about the movement other than I understand they like me very much, uh, which I appreciate. But I don't know much about the movement. Uh, I have heard that it is gaining in popularity. And from what I hear, it's, these are people that, when they watch the streets of Portland, when they watch what happened in New York City in just the last six or seven months, but this was starting even four years ago when I came here. Almost four years, can you believe it? Uh, these are people that don't like seeing what's going on in places like Portland and places like Chicago and New York and other cities and states. And uh, I've heard these are people that love our country. So um, this came out uh, a couple days ago, I think like the 22nd, yeah. So in um, HuffPost, I have this article, QAnon cultists emboldened by Trump rally in Hollywood and spread dangerous conspiracies. So hundreds of believers of the dangerous conspiracy theory QAnon rallied in Hollywood on Saturday, um, (laughs) just days after President Trump praised the cult-like group. And I think even Melania at some point said something like, well, if it's uh, good for the children, then, you know, I'm all for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they're because they're beginning to acknowledge it. They're beginning to acknowledge the fact that uh, the whole this buffoonery, this the the cults, the the um, the the circus of fascism, it's beneficial to them. As make make American politics as incoherent as you possibly can, and it's better for them. It's much better for the right wing when shit is incoherent. Um, more than 200 Facebook and Instagram events called for demonstrators to spread awareness about the sex tra- child sex trafficking uh, going on across the United States on Saturday, uh, NBC News first reported. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, and they're fucking nuts. Um, in Hollywood, people chanted defund Hollywood and defund pedo wood. <laughs> I mean, look, the f- it's like I've had, I've had this conversation with many of my friends. It's, and I, I mentioned it earlier in this episode. Look, these people that believe in these conspiracy theories, they are almost on the right track. It's like, okay, yeah, is there fucked up stuff that happens involving like sex trafficking and, and perverse bullshit that happens in Hollywood and other circles of influence? Of course. I mean, we saw that with Harvey Weinstein. We saw that with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, it, it, it happens time and time again. Not just in the United States, by the way. So, the funny thing is, is that, okay, so that shit is going on. What's the explanation? Well, a person with, a, with class consciousness would say um, people who accumulate a massive amount of wealth feel that they are above the law. Therefore, whatever sort of sick perversions that they have, they are able to achieve that gratification through purchasing it. Um, and having friends in high places and... Um, I suspect through blackmail. Oh well, hey, uh, Alan Dershowitz, we have <laughs> we have we have footage of you uh, fucking a child, or Bill Clinton or Donald Trump. We have footage of you fucking a child. So um, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> it's like so that's there. That that abuse of power is absolutely real, and it's there. The 
conspiracy theorist explanation is that there's a secret cabal of <laughs> globalists <laughs> in in three parentheses on each side um, who are uh, running this shit and just for the sake of having power they are they're just fucking kids and they're meeting up at the Bilderberg with, with the Bilderbergs and I mean it's it's just it, it's it's insane it's lunacy so it's like you're almost there. <laughs> like just make the jump to oh um the rich are able to achieve whatever perverse gratification they want because they have the power to do so through their wealth which allows them the ability to purchase politicians and influence world governments and avoid being tracked down by the law <laughs> it's like that's what's going on these motherfuckers <laughs> they uh <laughs> let's let me read some of this Despite numerous signs referencing conspiracy theories unrelated to child sex trafficking, 47-year-old Kristen Cummins <laughs> said the rally was first and foremost about bringing awareness to the problem of child sexual exploitation. And she's a believer in QAnon. And she wants the restoration of America. The protesters gathered next to an In-N-Out burger on Sunset Boulevard. And they sang a rendition of Amazing Grace. <laughs> oh, man. The QAnon shirts. The real pandemic is child trafficking. I mean, it's fucked up because it's like, yeah, that's going on. But their explanations for why it's happening are just absolutely fucking insane. It does go into, like, the David Icke lizard person shit and the George Soros conspiracies. It really is, like... I don't know what the fuck... I mean, well, I already said it. We're not going to reach them with argument. Just, I don't know, ignore them as much as possible? Maybe? Um, until it becomes impossible to do so because they are shooting people in the street like fucking Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't know. But it's just the shame of it is that, like I said, class consciousness has been totally obliterated from American life. So there is no coherent scientific explanation for why things are happening. So it's there's lizard people under the Denver airport, and it's George Soros, and it's fucking Pizzagate. And like... All these other fuck. I got to brush up on my conspiracies. I used to, used to read just just to try to get an impression of like, okay, well, what the fuck do these people believe? Aliens? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, um, that's about it for this episode. So I will leave you with that. But um, you know, stay positive, stay strong. Um, it's it's really uh, we're living in hard times, and some of us more than others. So anyway, be well, take care, and I'll talk to you soon enough.